What's up, everybody? This is Paula Phelps, and you are listening to On a Positive Note, where I sit down with a songwriter, recording artist, or music insider to learn how music can lift our spirits and heal our hearts. Allegra Levy was a rising star on the music scene when she took a little detour. The acclaimed jazz vocalist began noticing that the lyrics of children's classic songs didn't really fit in today's world of equity and inclusion, and she also didn't want to raise her child with songs that had been musically dumbed down. So she began writing her own jazz-tinged children's music with a positive spin on mental well-being, and the result is a new album, Songs for You and Me, that drops April 7th. And while you have to wait just a couple of weeks to hear that music, you can hear all about how it came to be and what she hopes to accomplish with this fresh take on children's music right now. Let's take a listen. Allegra, thank you for joining me on A Positive Note. Thanks so much for having me, Paula. I really am happy to be here. You are doing such amazing things, and we're going to get into what you're working on now and the work that you're doing with children. But you really have built your career up until this point as a jazz performer. And I was interested in finding out what is it that drew you to jazz? Oh, gosh. What is it that drew me to jazz? I I grew up in this town called West Hartford, Connecticut, where the public school program had this amazing jazz program. And I went to see the show when I was like five or six and they put on this big show in town. And I think I just saw the singer up there and was inspired. And then my older brother started playing saxophone really young. And I grew up listening to John Coltrane and Sonny Rollins and Charlie Parker records in the other room. So it just was part of the fabric of our family. That's terrific. And so at what point did you know that you wanted to pursue music as a career? Well, I have to say, I've always had a lot of eclectic interests and I still do, (laughs) which is always hard to balance. But I think I really, I was debating, I either wanted to be a human rights activist, a human rights lawyer, or I wanted to be a jazz singer. Or I want- <laughs> Those are kind of they, you know, uh, ways apart. They are and they aren't at the same time. You know, they're both about getting a good message out there, hopefully to try to make change for the better. And somehow they they converge constantly in my life. But yeah, I think I wanted to to do music at a pretty young age. I I was singing way before anything else. And and it's it's a beautiful practice. And you're doing very well at it because in 2021, the Downbeats Critics Poll named you a top 10 rising star among jazz vocalists. Yeah, I, I was honored to be in that list. It was an amazing list that year. And yeah, I'm, I'm always honored to be included in any any kind of thing like that, but, but also uh, surprised. There's so much talent out there. And so you were being recognized and probably I would think you thought your career was going to go down the jazz path. And then you had a daughter during the pandemic and things kind of changed. <laughs> yeah. Can you can you talk about how that changed your musical focus? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm trying to bring the two together, I think. And basically, actually, before I had my daughter, we were we were all quarantining with my niece, who was 18 months at the time. And there were like there were six adults, an 18 month old, two dogs and a cat <laughs> all in one house over the pandemic. Yay. <laughs> it was quite a wild group. And I had my ukulele with me because I was trying, you know, I couldn't play with anybody. And I was just coming up with little songs for her and trying to help her not feel too worried about things. So I wrote this little wash your hands song. 
And then I realized that I really loved these simple, funny little songs that you could write. And then when we, my husband and I started thinking about having a family, I started getting songs in my head. And then when she was born, it just kept happening, kept growing, kept growing. And she's constantly singing now. She'll be two in April. So it was really just a, a natural occurrence. I've always written music about what's happened in my life. I've always have. All my albums are kind of autobiographical in a way. I can't do anything but write what I know. So that's that's what happened. And at what point did you think, okay, I'm really going to do something with this beyond singing it for my child? I think after a while, I just, I had this, had almost 15 songs together that were, felt like I wanted to share them. And I started listening to the music that we had options for. And, you know, you're so tired as a parent and you're just like, hey, Google, play anything play for a child or play anything for children please help me with this scenario and you don't even have the wherewithal to really curate something and the stuff that i was hearing was very eclectic and constantly i hate to say it but there's a lot of stuff that was disappointing and there was a lot of stuff that i didn't really know the history and i went back and i dug out the history and i was like i don't know if this should be played for my kid and I don't know if this is the best thing to play for our family. And so, yeah, when I started to have a real book of songs, I thought, well, this could be something great. And and I want to try to push out a more positive mes- message if I can. I'm glad you brought that up because I know we grew up with nursery rhymes and we'll talk about it now. Like that is horrible. The whole ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Then you go back and hear like the meaning of it and down will come cradle, baby and all. It's like <laughs> these are we're singing to this and, and being joyful little children singing about these things. And you really got into the meanings of the songs. What was it that really made you go, OK, I need to look into this? There was a situation where I was at a school and somebody was was having their the preschoolers sing Jump Jim Joe, which is a historical Jim Crow song. And a lot of the nursery rhymes are from those Jim Crow days. There are a lot of nursery rhymes where the meaning might not be connected to race at all, but it's connected to socioeconomic status or a servant mm-hmm. of some kind. And it's really not necessarily a history that we want to be teaching our children in that context of this is music. This is your exposure to music. You know, it's important to teach the history. It's important to say, okay, this music was a part of a part of history and this was what people were singing. But music is our culture and and we really have to think very, very diligently about what we're teaching our kids and what we're singing to our kids. And yeah, when I started looking into the history of of some of these songs, the more I do, (laughs) the more horrible it is in terms of not teaching diversity, equity, and inclusion, not teaching just equality in general. And I really wanted to be a part of a new situation where we're actually looking into a better future and making music for a better future together. And did it help you during the pandemic to be able to be writing the uplifting, joyful, happy songs? Because that wasn't a great happy time for most of us. (laughs) No, man. I mean, as a new mom and during the pandemic, I definitely like I suffered a lot of mental health issues along with everybody. I was definitely like struggling with depression and anxiety and who wasn't. Right. And I think it was really 
important to keep things positive and try to have an outlet, especially because I couldn't play very often with other people the way I was used to and having collaborators. And so it was important to have some some positive music come out of that. And then also as a musician, you probably have a really good understanding of how music affects our development in yeah. the early years. Can you talk about that and what music does for child development? Well, I think music does a lot for child development in regards to processing emotions. And but I also think it's just healthy. Music is the best thing for the brain. But something that I can talk a lot about is what you do as a kid really shapes who you are later in life. So the music that you hear as a family, it really all that music that you hear together like that that shapes who you are later. Like if I hadn't listened to jazz as a young child, I wouldn't necessarily be interested in it later. And it really can grow your mind exponentially. And as you did that, were you thinking, okay, I've got to make something that parents will want to listen to? Because you've got, it is a very cool family record. And I I don't have children. I don't listen to a lot of children's music, but I got to say hip, hip, hooray. Is like it's it's an earworm and and it sticks with you and it's like okay I can sing this without shame like doesn't matter that I don't have children yeah for sure I mean part of what I set out to do was to create something for the whole family for everybody because the truth is is that my husband and I are singing these songs all the time whatever song she's listening to we're listening to and I think I wanted to talk a lot about music being a family experience music should be a family experience it shouldn't just be this is music for kids and this is music for adults it's like we're all listening to this this is part of our our family life and so i yeah i wanted to grow um, beyond baby shark although you know <laughs> my, my kid still loves baby shark and she loves coco melon but i wanted to try to enrich her ears with slightly more complex harmonies but also listenable fun things to sing that that are positive and and good and not just repetitive mind numbing Right, right. And something that if someone gets in your car, gets in their car and they've got your music on, their friends won't be berating them for having that. They'll be like, oh, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, totally. I I think it's hard because I don't know how much crossover there is, but I think there there is. I think we end up listening to there's so many like nursery rhymes that aren't so bad that have turned into regular pop songs that we listen to we just don't even realize it and that you hear at parties and that you dance to and so that was kind of part of my goal and also some of it is for for moms like i one of the songs is called it's so hard to be you and that is maybe more for the parents than the kids i mean it is empathetic to kids because there's so many moments where their whole world is crumbling but it's also for, and you want to take them seriously, but it's also for the moms who just feel like, God, this is so impossible. <laughs> so hard. And not only moms, but everybody. I mean, so who doesn't feel that on a day-to-day basis, especially right. during the pandemic, but also everybody goes through a lot of struggles. And so there's a lot of catharsis there in that song. Yeah. And there's so much joy on this album. And One of the things that you talked about is that you really wanted to create something that reflected today's environment that has diversity and inclusion and and equity. So we know how important that was to you, but how did you go about incorporating big themes like that into playful songs? 
it's a tricky task. And, you know, some of it is how you live, right? Like some of it is if, if I'm writing this music, this is based on what I'm, how I'm living. And so I'm trying to model this, this life for my daughter. And then I'm trying to write these songs for everybody. It was, it was a tricky task. And I still, I always feel like there's more I could do. I mean, it's actually a true story is that I was sitting in the room in the studio and I felt like, God, there's a lot of white men in here. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I always try to be intentional about hiring people who I want to work with, but also hiring people of diverse backgrounds because I think it makes the music better. Right. And it makes the, the room have a better energy when you have lots of different perspectives. But I think in this case, you know, I felt like somehow ended up with a lot of new dads. I had a couple of really amazing new moms too, which was which was so essential. But yeah, I, I reflected later on that. And I was thinking, you know what, that I could have done better in that situation. And I'm always kind of thinking that way. I'm always trying to see where I can improve. And so hopefully the music, it might not be perfect. Maybe years from now, people will find fault there too. I was trying to think about who is this for? In Hello Song, I was thinking about that song is kind of like a vibe of it's a small world to the modern age. And my husband speaks five languages. My daughter is being raised with three so far. And I just wanted to to try to include as many different languages as I could there. And, you know, she's also growing up with Spanish in the house. So I, I wanted to do a song in Spanish and not just have everything from the same perspective. So, yeah, that's a great way to approach it. And then from an age standpoint, what age did you want to write this for? That was a hard task because I honestly didn't really, I was writing for my daughter at the time. So she was pretty young, early, early, early years. But I wanted to imagine that this would extend to, you know, five or six or or even seven. I, I had, I did play a lot of the music for my nieces and nephews and my nieces go from age right now, my nieces and nephews are a baby to nine and there's a four-year-old and seven-year-olds and they were all singing it and they were getting it in their bodies and in their ears and giving me suggestions. So I was hoping that, that this audience would be a a pretty wide range. Yeah. And so are you taking it out? Are you doing live performances with it or how are you delivering it? I am. I'm doing a big CD release show on Mother's Day actually, which is kind of awesome here in New York at the historic Third Street Music School. They have a really great educational program. And one of the background singers on the album works there as a as a music educator. So we thought it would be a great place to start. And then I'm taking it to my hometown at the Jewish Community Center where I grew up. And we're going to do a, a show on June 4th there. And it's a big project. I mean, the band is like 13 people strong. Oh my gosh. How do you get 13 people assembled in one? That's a... <laughs> That's a trick. I'm working on it. It's very very hard to do. And then, you know, we're hoping to do more widespread shows once things are released and and everybody knows about it. But it's new territory for me. So how does this fit in with your jazz career? That's a, I mean, you're talking to different, very different audiences that you'd be appealing to. It is, it is and it isn't. I mean, I think the only way for jazz to survive is if we get the youngest members of our society involved. And some of this, a lot of the record is jazz based and everybody on it is a jazz musician. So it's hard to get the jazz out (laughs) of it. And of me, I think, I I think I'm just so, it's so part of 
who I am, that it just comes out no matter what. But I really want to encourage improvisation and and jazz to young children and and young people and families. And so I think that's part of it. But it is definitely different in terms of like where you're going to see these performances. Sure. I did tell, you know, I tried to get some jazz clubs. I was like, hey, do you want to do this kids thing? (laughs) (laughs) They're really great for the bar tab. They'll like, yeah, I mean, nobody was like racing for it. But I think I think they're wrong because I think the only way they're going to keep butts and seats, (laughs) if I can say that, the only way they're going to keep people coming to their club is if they really invest in the younger generations and build habit early on. Yeah. And especially if you're making it a family thing, that's terrific because parents are looking for ways to go out and enjoy. And if they can do it and not have to pay for a sitter and their kid can be entertained. And they can find the sound of it either. I mean, you know, I'm hoping that there will be some like-minded people who will, will get the idea. It is very different. And I do worry, I have worried that maybe it will impact the critics or my colleagues in in music, you know, maybe they won't take me as seriously, but I took the music seriously and I really put a lot of time into it. So I'm hoping that people will hear that and it will be a positive thing. Right. Because they're not little ditties. You know, if people are thinking they're just little, little songs I made up, (laughs) that's not it at all. The musicianship is there. The songs are there. It's quality writing. And I think that's really what anyone who loves music is going to lock into. You know, I used to listen to the group Trout Fishing in America, and they would release both kids and adults albums. As I was learning more about you, I really thought about them and how how they were able to craft this career that had two very different age groups. But then what happened is the kids grew into their adult audience. And, and you know, I can see how that that would work with the music that they're, that you're doing. Yeah, I think that's definitely the goal. And, you know, some of the songs on there aren't even entirely just kids songs. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I hope that it will grow an audience. (laughs) That is the hope for sure. So do you have more songs that you're working on or where are you at now in your process? I know you're working on shows, you're getting your live shows together, but also as a writer and a musician, you probably always have new things percolating. Always. I always am writing new stuff, either in my head or otherwise. Right now, I I am trying to spend time to just get this music out there and really make sure that that it gets a a good give it its all, I guess. And but I am potentially going to record other jazz albums soon. And I'm also I also have a a dream to do kind of like a an all moms big band. Oh, Uh, my gosh, that would be so cool. Yeah, I think it would be awesome. And I, I've been dreaming it up for a while, kind of back to the days of, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's this, all this Ella Fitzgerald big band arrangements of things like Old MacDonald, and they're just incredible. And I would love to to recreate something like that for live. That on. would be really exciting for people because like you take that familiar song, you give that kind of orchestration to it. I think people would get really excited about that. Sure. I mean, I think it's the best way to teach about improvisation. It's the best way to to really get this more rich harmony uh, into people's ears. And yeah. And also, I just like the idea of all these women on the bandstand of all different backgrounds and ages. And just what would it be like if you showed up to a concert as a young person and you were inspired by that? Like, how would that 
change your your worldview and your future because i you know it's so much is impacted at, at a young age and if you didn't just see like the guys doing it you know right right yeah see what your opportunity is as a female to be able yeah. to get up there and do that yeah and i mean i also do a lot of work with the women in jazz organizations so that is part of my my mission all the time and and part of what i'm working on and thinking about so that is so much fun. This is a fun journey. I'm going to be very excited to see where it goes and how it unfolds. And I appreciate you coming on this early in the game and talking to us about it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I, I hope that that people listen to it and enjoy it. And if anything, it just makes people happy. That's what it's about. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. That was Allegra Levy telling us how she is literally changing the tune of children's music. If you'd like to learn more about Allegra, check out her music or follow her on social media, just visit livehappy.com and click on the podcast tab. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of On a Positive Note and look forward to joining you again next time. Until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. 